Wait! Mary! Mary! <laughs> Have you come to watch me fly? Uh, there was a meltdown at the plant, so they gave me the afternoon off. Oh, terrific. Oh, good news. We just closed escrow in our little dream house. Wonderful. When do we move in? Tuesday. I've got the kids dripping the asbestos off the pipes right now. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Things just couldn't be better for us. I'm so blessed. Oh, your life insurance forms came for you to sign. Oh. Oh, oh my mirror. Huh. I'll get another pen. Okay. No need. I'll sign it when I get back. Well, you know best. Honey, you know that global warming problem? I've discovered how we can reverse it. Tell me. No, not now, lovey bumpers. There'll be plenty of time for that later. <laughs> and my investigation into the assassination of JFK? You found the evidence you were looking for. Yes, I have proof. It's right here in my pocket. It's big, honey, really big. It goes all the way to the White House. Do you want me to hold it for you? No, it'll be safe right here. I'm in a jet. What could go wrong? Dead meat. We just couldn't be any more perfectly happy. In a world overflowing with movies, we need a hero. Someone to separate the bad from the good. Hi everyone, I'm Emma. Welcome to Verbal Diorama, episode 214, Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part Dieu. This is the podcast that's all about the history and legacy of movies you know and movies you don't. And as always, a huge hi and welcome to you all, whether you are a returning listener, whether you are a brand new listener to this podcast. I'm so happy to have you here for the history and legacy of Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part Dieu, or Duh, or however you want to call it, the sequel to Hot Shots. This is a Nanorama episode. And basically what that means is you get a slightly shorter episode, to be honest, but hopefully still a fun episode. And really, I felt like we needed a bit of a palate cleanser because last month was Kaijun on Verbal Diorama and basically a whole month celebrating Kaiju movies. And just a huge thank you for the wonderful reception to those movies, to them all, really. Uh, the host, Godzilla 1998, Shin Godzilla and Pacific Rim. And this wasn't going to be the episode after Pacific Rim. The episode I announced in Pacific Rim is actually instead coming in a few weeks' time. So instead, I thought I'll switch the episodes around a little bit. So instead, you get this double episode. And a double episode is not something I've done since two other comedies, actually. So I did a double episode on a hot rod and pop star Never Stop Never Stopping back in March. So basically, we're going from hot rod to hot shots. And no, that was not intentional. So what is an Anorama episode? Well, if you don't know, they are slightly shorter episodes. I tend to focus on tidbits of interesting stories and information. And these tend to be movies that, quite honestly, are probably never going to get. 
a full episode dedicated to them, but they still deserve a mention. So basically, I like to call it the honourable mentions section. And Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part Dieu are two of the most brilliant spoof comedies from the 90s, and certainly two of the last great spoof comedies. And that's going to be something I want to get into as well. I know this is something that a lot of people have wanted and a lot of people have asked for. So without further adieu, 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 you know what I mean. Let's listen to the trailer for Hot Shots. Somewhere in the Mediterranean, on this naval aircraft carrier, these men have been selected to write a page in military history. They are the best the Navy and Air Force have to offer. They've been brought together to form an elite squad of fighter pilots. Their mission, one of national security and international concern. These are the fearless pilots. Seems no matter what I do, I end up hurting someone. The men who command them. Pudding. No, thank you, sir. I'll do my best. And the women who love them. Him stay. Charlie Sheen. Never wanted to be a horse so much in my life. Lloyd Bridges. <laughs> Call them the best of the best. Call them... Eddie's! Hot Shots. The mother of all movies. Oh, God, I love this country. Plagued by troubling thoughts and tired of living in the heavy shadow of his father, US Navy ace pilot Lieutenant Sean Topper Harley reluctantly returns to active duty for Operation Sleepy Weasel. As the emotionally unstable commander returns to the memory-laden place of his youth, while still coping with sorrow, a bitter rivalry with a cocky fighter pilot, and an unexpected encounter with a beautiful psychologist. But when America calls, there's no time for love. Now with the planes sabotaged, Topper must fight his past and give his all in a critical mission in Iraq. Let's run through the cast. We have Charlie Sheen as Lieutenant Sean Topper Harley, Kerry Elwes as Lieutenant Kent Pirate Gregory, Valeria Galino as Ramada Thompson, Lloyd Bridges as Admiral Thomas Tug Benson, Kevin Dunn as Lieutenant Commander James Eyewitness Block, John Cryer as Lieutenant Jim Washout Faffenbach, William O'Leary as Junior Lieutenant Pete Deadmeat Thompson, Christy Swanson as Junior Lieutenant Janet Bio Kowalski, and Jerry Helaver as Saddam Hussein. Hot Shots was written by Jim Abrahams and Pat Proft and directed by Jim Abrahams. And Charlie Sheen's career, I think we can safely say, has had its ups and downs. In 2010, he was the highest paid actor on television for his show Two and a Half Men. He's part of the Sheen Estevez family of actors, his father being Martin Sheen, his brother being Emilio Estevez. He was once married to Denise Richards. Basically, the media has always had a field day with Sheen and his various exploits. But in the 80s, after small roles in Red Dawn and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, he'd be cast in Platoon and Wall Street, along with his father, Martin Sheen. Both were directed by Oliver Stone. 
Stone would be impressed with young Charlie Sheen and asked him to appear in his new film, Born on the 4th of July, as Sergeant Ron Kovac. That role would eventually go to a young Tom Cruise. So it seems pretty apt that Sheen stars in the parody, mocking Cruise's biggest role of the 80s. And just like Airplane perfectly parodied the Straight Lace Zero Hour by finding comedy in the downright ludicrous plot of the 1957 drama, and Airplane is episode 166 of this podcast, by the way, Hot Shots would take most of its pot shots, ah, see what I did there, at Top Gun. And also like Airplane, it would be helmed by comedic royalty, one of the directors of Airplane. So let's just summarise for those who don't know the story of Zaz, Zucker, Abraham Zucker, Three men who both together and separately were the pioneers of spoof comedies in the 80s, like Airplane and Top Secret. And aside of a few notable exceptions, like Jerry Zucker going off to make Ghost, most stuck to the spoof comedies that they knew. David Zucker would direct The Naked Gun, which all three would write with Pat Proft. David Zucker and Pat Proft would reunite for The Naked Gun 2 and a half, The Smell of Fear. But while the pair would write Naked Gun 33 and a half, The Final Insult, Peter Siegel stepped into the director's chair for that one. Jim Abrahams would decide to take a different turn in his directorial career, and after Ruthless People with the Zucker Brothers, would direct Big Business and Welcome Home Roxy Carmichael, neither of which did Big Business at the box office. So Abrahams decided to return to what he knew best, spoofs. But despite having Airplane, one of the greatest comedies ever made in his repertoire, that didn't mean spoofing a movie like Top Gun was going to come easy. He got together with regular writing partner Pat Proft, whose first script had been the wildly successful Police Academy in 1984, and had worked with Zaz on the first Naked Gun film to write Hot Shots, in a collaborative process that didn't stop even as the movie was being filmed. Abrahams would put together a test trailer for Hot Shots that would show before Dances with Wolves at his local theatre. It was the reaction to this that led to rewrites of the prologue and epilogue Instead of a romantic epic kiss between Charlie Sheen's Topper and Valeria Golino's Ramada, new scenes of Sheen as Fluffy Bunny Feet and an elderly indigenous man who needs new batteries for his Walkman were added by Abrahams and Proft instead. While they were writing Hot Shots, tensions were building in the Gulf. And then, in the summer of 1990, Iraq, led by Saddam Hussein, invaded Kuwait and Iraqi forces would occupy Kuwait for seven months. This invasion would ultimately lead to a United Nations mandate to withdraw Iraqi forces, which Iraq refused to comply with. And this led to a military coalition led by the United States to force Iraqi troops to withdraw from Kuwait. Iraqi forces would leave, but not before setting 600 Kuwaiti oil wells on fire as they left. Two operations, Operation Desert Shield, which was the military buildup from August 1990 to January 1991, and Operation Desert Storm, the campaign for the liberation of Kuwait from January 1991 to February 1991. Coincidentally, Hot Shots was due to go into production in January 1991. And so while coalition forces were starting real, genuine military action in the Persian Gulf, 20th Century Fox were moving forwards on a spoof comedy set in the Persian Gulf. Filming had already started when military personnel were liberating Kuwait, and there was a very real possibility that the rug could be pulled from under hot shots at any moment. This was a $26 million movie, and most of that money had already been spent. And so the decision made by Fox was to quietly carry on filming and shelve the movie for a couple of years if necessary. 
But obviously, as I'm going to come to, that didn't happen. The Navy would obviously give their full cooperation when it came to filming Top Gun. They were influential in script decisions and approval, which included toning down language, moving the setting to international waters as opposed to Cuba, and ensuring the love interest was a civilian naval contractor due to the Navy's rules against fraternisation between officers and enlisted personnel. Top Gun itself was seen as a naval recruitment ad, with enlistment to the Navy up by 8% after its release. Because of its status, the Navy provided equipment, planes and ships to the production. The Navy did not give their full cooperation to hotshots. They did not give them planes and ships. But the Royal Air Force did. Kind of. The, the Navy planes used in hotshots were actually fallen gnats. British training aircraft for the Royal Air Force that first flew in 1955 and served with British, Finnish, Indian and Yugoslav forces. They have since been retired, but many were brought up by private operators. Four fallen Nat T1s were used, two shown in flight. The Indian version, the fallen Nat F1 HF24 Ajit, were used for scenes on the aircraft carrier. Speaking of the carrier, it wasn't an actual aircraft carrier because you can't just find aircraft carriers hanging about on studio lots, and the Navy certainly weren't going to be giving them one. So they built a wooden deck on a cliff edge in Palos Verdes, California, with the camera angles just right to look like it was a ship at sea. And despite looking like a warm summer's day at sea, it was the middle of winter and the cliff set was bitterly cold. Charlie Sheen and Valeria Bolino would cuddle each other off camera for warmth. And because this is the early 90s, everything did have to be practical. While the movie borrowed some scenes from other movies, including the opening crowd shot from Rocky II, with the boxers dressed to match Rocky and Apollo Creed, and the set dressed to match too, so that the actors Kevin Dunn and Ephraim Zembelis Jr. could appear like they were there at the same match. It would also reuse flight shots from Flight of the Intruder, a war film that came out in January 1991. The fly passed of four jets as the pilots board the aircraft carrier, and the scenes showing the bombs being put onto the planes and the planes taking off their mission to destroy an Iraqi nuclear reactor were taken straight out of that movie. And possibly the most famous scene in this movie, the love scene between Topper and Ramada, where he seduces her with various foods, including an olive in her belly button, was filmed with a prosthetic torso with an air pressure hose attached to the belly button. The olive would be fired out of the belly button two feet into Valeria Galino's mouth. And most impressively, she did this in two takes. The second take is what's in the movie. And if you are wondering why Leslie Nielsen isn't in this movie, Abrahams did offer the role of Admiral Tug Benson to Nielsen, who declined because he felt like he'd done enough spoof movies and was also starring in the Naked Gun movies at the time too. But obviously not enough to do Dracula Dead and Loving It only a few years later and then Spy Hard and then Wrongfully Accused and then a couple of scary movie sequels. But I digress because Leslie Nielsen's influence would be all over the film indirectly with Charlie Sheen borrowing as much from Nielsen's performance in Airplane as possible and for his part, Sheen had spent a year partying after his films Men at Work, Navy Seals and The Rookie didn't do much business at the box office and he ended up in rehab. He got out of rehab and a week later received the script for Hot Shots. He'd grown up on airplane watching it at the cinema with his brother Emilio. He met with Abrahams and Proft and just got the idea straight away. Sheen would say in an interview with Yahoo Movies about Leslie Nielsen, quote, I'm just going to steal his best stuff and make it mine. And I've given him credit from day one in this film and his sequel, Hot Shots Part Dieu. 
they were thrilled that I was a fan of their movies, unquote, although he said a swear and not stuff. Instead of pairing Sheen with Nielsen, fellow airplane alum Lloyd Bridges was on board instead, and while Top Gun would be its main target, it would also spoof Nine and a Half Weeks, The Fabulous Baker Boys, Dances with Wolves, Marathon Man, Rocky, Superman and Gone with the Wind. Hot Shots would wrap filming in early April 1991, two months after the Gulf War officially ended, but obviously repercussions were still felt on that for decades after. Three months later, on the 31st of July 1991, Hot Shots was released, coincidentally two months after its Zaz stablemate Naked Gun 2.5, The Smell of Fear. Hot Shots was also chosen as the 1991 Royal Film Performance attended by the late Queen Elizabeth II. And considering her late majesty, quote-unquote, starred in The Naked Gun, she was clearly a fan of spoof comedies and probably requested it personally, although I can't be 100% on that. Despite the real-life parallels between the fictional Saddam Hussein in this movie and the actions of the real Saddam Hussein, Fox were confident enough to release Hot Shots, where it would dislodge the might Terminator 2 Judgment Day from the top spot. Hot Shots would stay at number one in the US box office for four weeks. On its $26 million budget, it would gross $69.5 million domestically in the US and $111.6 million internationally for a total worldwide gross of $181.1 million. Critics were also kind to Hot Shots, despite spoof comedies never usually being critical favourites, praising Sheen's comedic timing and its ability to so deftly parody Top Gun, which has itself never taken itself too seriously. And audiences were also kind too, because when you have a huge hit like Hot Shots, you're almost always certain to make a sequel, a part deux, shall we say. And so we move to Hot Shots Part Dirt, and here's the trailer. On October 17th, the brave Americans who came here to free our hostages became hostages. Now, the President of the United States. The President has nowhere to turn except to the one man. Get me Tupper Harley. Who has the courage and the guts to get the job done. 20th Century Fox presents Hot Shots, part two. Last time. There he is! He did it out of patriotism. This time, it's gonna be personal. Of all the missions, you had to come walking into this one. It's a sequel, I had to come. Charlie Sheen. Topper Harley. He's a man torn between the woman who wants him. I'm putty in your hands. In my hands, nothing turns to putty. And the woman who left him. Do you have any idea what would happen if you stay here with me? Sex. I would pleasure you at any time in any place for as long as you could possibly desire. Lloyd Bridges as the President of the United States. I don't remember reading that. Valeria Galino as Ramada. Kiss me like you've never kissed me before. Richard Crenna as Colonel Walters. Now that's a hell of a gun. And Saddam Hussein as you've never seen him before. Hot Shots. Part Dieu. Directed by Jim Abrams. Keeps going and going and going. Oh, 
fantastic. In a covert government mission to rescue hostages from Operation Desert Storm, a group of US soldiers failed to assassinate Iraqi dictator Saddam Hussein and are captured by Iraqi forces. Because the mission has failed twice before, the eccentric and absent-minded former US Navy Admiral Thomas Tuck Benson, now the President of the United States, suspects the team is being sabotaged and decides to send retired Navy war hero Lieutenant Sean Topper Harley to intervene. But Topper is living peacefully with Buddhist monks who have taken a supreme vow of celibacy, like their fathers and their fathers before them. So the cast for this one, Charlie Sheen returns as Topper Harley, Lloyd Bridges as President Thomas Tug Benson, Valerio Galino as Ramada Rodham Heyman, Brenda Backey as Michelle Huddleston, Richard Krenner as Colonel Denton Walters, Miguel Ferrer as Commander Arvid Harbinger, Robin Atkinson as Dexter Heyman, and Jerry Haliva as Saddam Hussein. Also featuring a cameo by Martin Sheen as US Army Captain Benjamin L. Willard. And I'm going to come back to Martin Sheen a bit. Hot Shots Part Dieu was written by Jim Abrahams and Pat Proft and directed by Jim Abrahams. And Hot Shots Part Dieu is often cited as the last truly great spoof movie. And I'm not joking. If I were joking, I'd say, why did the one-handed man cross the road? To get to the second-hand shop. While spoof comedies would continue into the 2000s and beyond, and I'll always have a fondness for scary movie, what came after would become cheap, pale imitations, wholly focused on pop culture references and the zeitgeist. And when it came to reuniting for part Dieu, Jim Abrahams and Pat Prof didn't want to create a generic sequel to Hot Shots. Firstly, because at the time, Top Gun didn't have its own sequel. Obviously, it now does. But they wanted to do something different, and so they turned to the drama genre of unscrupulous characters who start the movie all selfish and find themselves at the end of the movie a different human being, learning from his mistakes and making the world a better place. The movie cited as the main inspiration for this was Regarding Henry, a 1991 Harrison Ford-led drama about a nasty corporate lawyer who learns the errors of his ways after being shot, and then he has to rebuild his life. Doc Hollywood was also cited as inspiration. But neither Regarding Henry nor Doc Hollywood were Top Gun-sized mega-hits. And if you're going to base your parody off something, it needs to be something fairly major that most people have seen. Musicals were mooted, as everyone's seen a big musical, but Charlie Sheen admitted he couldn't sing or dance, and so the next idea was a standard rescue mission movie, based on Vietnam War movies, hence the dense green jungles of Iraq, and most obviously Rambo First Blood Part 2 and Rambo 3. Even Richard Krenner, who played John Rambo's mentor, Colonel Sam Troutman, in the first three Rambo movies, was offered the role of Colonel Denton Waters, and he felt he needed to speak to one man, Rambo himself. Krenner asked Sylvester Stallone how he'd feel if Krenner took a role that was essentially spoofing the character he played in the Rambo films, and the Rambo films themselves, but Stallone was all for the idea. He thought it was great. So they had their idea, and they had their blessing from Stallone, and most importantly, they had the returning cast on board too, with new additions Brenda Backey, who would also show up in Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight a couple of years later. I love that movie. Please watch it and listen to episode 66 of this podcast because Demon Knight is terrific and so underrated. And also British legend Rowan Atkinson, who was Mr Bean on TV at this point, but he wasn't Mr Bean in cinemas yet. And this wasn't the first time that action and comedy would come together. 80s action stars had been trying out comedy for a couple of years. 
Arnold Schwarzenegger had successfully gone from the huge muscular action star of Commando and Predator to Twins and Kindergarten Cop. Bruce Willis had gone from everyman hero John McClane to voicing the young son of Kirsty Alley in Look Who's Talking. Sylvester Stallone had gone from being Rocky Balboa through to John Rambo in First Blood and Rambo First Blood Part 2 and various Rocky sequels to Tango and Cash and Stop or My Mum Will Shoot. Uh, maybe the less said about that one, the better. Action stars and the super serious movies they were starring in were perfect fodder for Jim Abrahams and Pat Proft. Charlie Sheen would work out eight hours a day to bulk up to play the new improved Topper Harley, now no longer a Navy pilot but a recluse living in a monastery, called out to save the guys who attempted to save the guys who attempted to save the guys who attempted to save the guy captured by Saddam Hussein. Yeah, something like that. And not only were the gags upped for the sequel, but also the sex and violence. As Harley's high score soars from equal to Robocop to bloodiest movie ever, we watch him wipe out a whole gang of henchmen while possessing endless ammo. It's not equal to John Wick, though, so there's the obligatory Keanu reference for this episode. Saddam himself goes from a brief cameo last movie to the main villain role and ends up morphed with his dog after they're frozen together and then thawed together in a lovely little homage to Terminator 2 Judgment Day. After the driver tries to watch them get it on in the limousine, at the apartment, Brenda Backey's Michelle literally belly flops onto Topper in bed and then she quite literally um, rides him like a cowgirl. Literally anything to make it hotter than Hot Shots Part Un. And if you're wondering if some of this sex and violence got censored, well, you'd be absolutely correct. And I am going to be coming to the censorship of this movie and the different versions of this movie in a little bit. Charlie Sheen had obviously starred in Platoon, and so he had previous in that type of serious war movie, as had his father Martin Sheen, who starred in Apocalypse Now. As Topper Harley recites Platoon's lines in voiceover, his voiceover is interrupted by another voiceover, that of his father Martin Sheen, with his monologue from Apocalypse Now, in probably one of the most famous comedy cameos of all time. So not only are they spoofing internal monologues, they're also spoofing Vietnam movies in general, specifically Platoon and Apocalypse Now, using Charlie Sheen's real-life father. Both star in those respective movies. As they pass each other on the boats, they shout, I loved you in Wall Street, which they both also starred in as father and son. The gag is 39 seconds long and still one of the greatest in the movie and probably in the history of spoof movies, but it also acts as an effective passing of the torch from father to son giving Charlie Sheen his father's blessing to become a huge Hollywood star in his own right. Whether he took that or not kind of remains to be seen. It's also incredibly meta and just genuinely a wonderful piece of comedy. The film's censorship history here in the UK is interesting. And as I said, this is mainly due to the sex and violence. So for its initial theatrical release, 54 seconds of footage was cut to meet the 12 certificate requirements. So this included editing the Basic Instinct spoof sex scene in the apartment and removing footage of nunchuckers from the fight scene. The VHS release was altered further by an additional minute and seven seconds to remove an instance of the F-word and completely cut out the bedroom scene. The DVD was rated PG and was based on the same print, but the distributors made two further minutes of changes, removing Ramada's phrase about wild, free, passionate and unbridled sex, 
as well as the already PG-rated scene in the limousine. When it came to its release on Blu-ray, the previously cut footage was all reinstated and rated 12. So there are multiple different versions of this movie out there. If you've seen the PG-rated DVD, then you've kind of not seen any of the sex and violence in this movie. But the version on Disney Plus appears to be the uncut 12-rated version. A mockumentary that served as part of the movie's promotion was broadcast on HBO. It's called Hearts of Hot Shots Part Dieu, a filmmaker's apology. And this mocks the 1991 documentary Hearts of Darkness, a filmmaker's apocalypse, the making of Apocalypse Now. The mockumentary is hosted in inverted commas by Jim Abraham's young daughter, Jamie Abrahams. It charts her father's huge task in hand to make Hot Shots Part Dieu including the drug addictions, assassination attempts by the cast and crew, frequently blowing the budget by hundreds of millions of dollars, and his frequent meltdowns on set. It interviews many of the cast members to give their true accounts of how difficult Abrahams was to work for. It also details Hotshots Part Dieu's screening at the Cannes Film Festival and its best picture win with Abrahams winning the prestigious Cannes Door. And if you are interested, Hearts of Hotshots Part Dieu, a filmmaker's apology, is available on YouTube and it's a lot of fun to watch. And despite all of those things about Abraham's being completely untrue and just for a mockumentary, I'd be remiss if I didn't add that Charlie Sheen himself in recent years has actually been incredibly problematic with alleged threats to kill his former fiancée and former wife, accused of physical abuse and sexual assault, and very public drug-fueled meltdowns. Sometimes it's actually hard to believe that Topper Harley is the same guy as Charlie Sheen. On its $25 million budget, Hot Shots Part Dieu would release on the 21st of May 1993 and would gross $40 million in the US and $95 million internationally for a total worldwide gross of $134 million. It opened at second at the box office behind Sliver. While it was a bit of a disappointment domestically, earning $30 million less than its predecessor, it would still turn a profit, although undoubtedly Fox's disappointment at the lower returns would mean no Hot Shots Part 3, Dry, 3, or indeed Trez. In recent years, John Cryer, star of the first Hot Shots and co-star of Sheen in Two and a Half Men, would call for a third Hot Shots following the release of Top Gun Maverick. This was in a tweet, so I don't know how true it is or not. But with Sheen's ongoing issues, it's highly unlikely. But with news of a Liam Neeson-fronted Naked Gun reboot on the cards, who knows, maybe Hot Shots will get the reboot treatment. I can't see that it will. It is a bit of a product of its time. But spoof comedies just aren't made the same these days anyway. And I'd rather two great spoof comedies with Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part Dieu than another epic movie or date movie. And plus, with so many big franchises happy to make fun of themselves, like the MCU calling out its own silliness, and the Fast and Furious franchise happily popping off into space, there's another reason why spoofs don't work nowadays. And that's because with the advent of social media, spoofs are created almost instantly on TikTok and Instagram. So really, if you take a year to make a movie, you're already kind of past it. No, I'm not saying I don't trust modern spoof movies. And I'm not saying I do. But I don't. Thank you for listening. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts on Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part Dieu. And also your thoughts on the Nanorama format. Do you like episodes like this? Do you not? Let me know. To be honest, I'll probably just carry on doing them anyway because I quite enjoy doing things like this. 
So because this is a slightly smaller episode, I'm not going to do all of the gubbins that I normally do at the end, but I am going to tell you that the next episode that's coming next week is on The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It is a movie that I haven't seen in a very long time, but it's a movie with a fascinating history and also a fascinating legacy as well. So please join me for that. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can help this podcast grow and be noticed by others by leaving a rating or review wherever you found it, by retweeting or liking posts on social media, or by simply telling your friends and family about this podcast. I am at Verbal Diorama on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And if you want to contact me, I'm at verbaldiorama at gmail.com or my website, verbaldiorama.com. And as always, huge thank you to the patrons of Verbal Diorama. If you wish to join them, you can at verbaldiorama.com slash Patreon. And finally, I thought it over. I'm staying here with you. No, you're not. You're getting on that copter with Dexter where you belong. Why? I thought you loved me. Ramana, I do love you. I've tried to forget you, but no matter what I do, your face is always on the tip of my tongue. Now let me stay with you. Ramana, I want to be with you. I want to hold you. I want to meet your parents and pet your dog. <sighs> my parents are dead, Topper. My dog ate them. I'm sorry. We both know you belong with Dexter. You're part of his work, the thing that keeps him going. I'm no good at being noble, but do you have any idea what would happen if you stay here with me? Of course I do. Sex. Wild, free, passionate, unbridled sex. I would fondle you in ways you can't imagine. I would pleasure you at any time, in any place, in any way, for as long as you could possibly desire. Gotta get going. You missed your takeoff. Goodbye, Topper. God bless you. Wait a second. Let me get a shot of you two. It'll be a great visual for the talk shows. Let's just frame this up. Closer together. Come on, don't be shy. Put your arm around her. I've almost got it. This is a great shot. My God, you're gonna love this. You know. Under other circumstances, you'd make a great couple. Oh, well. Say cheese! You're moving too much. Quit spinning. This will make me rich and... Bye.